0: Also, one of the things that I really felt in this scene, and I feel like you both have also felt this way before, is that the men in our lives don't think we are as funny as we think we are.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, my dad thinks I'm hilarious, but yes, other than that, absolutely. (laughs)
2: Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Correctly Rated. <laughs> we are so excited to be doing this. We being your hostesses with the mostesses. My name is Reshma, formerly known as Resh. I'm Krishna. You may hear the girls call me Kicks.
1: And I'm Vedika, and you can call me whatever you want to, because that's what everyone does. Um, <laughs> so just to give you a quick uh, insight, there's V, Veds, Veds, but our personal favorite, I think, is Vadi Dal. So
0: far. That I'm we going to go with.
2: Um, I will say, like, between Veds and I, like, we've called each other everything under the sun. Like, every term of endearment, every dessert, Every fruit, pumpkin, <laughs> can... like everything off a
1: menu, a bar menu, a cocktail.
2: <laughs> but actually, now that I think of it, cakes is also something off a menu. I mean, I know I'm the one that gave you this uh, this this title that now everyone calls you. I don't even know how.
0: But... <laughs> you know, I I'd never thought of it uh, until maybe like a year ago. Um, I went to this, I went for a comedy show. And the host, uh, he was doing some crowd work um, at the beginning of the event, and uh, he asked the crowd, you know, has anyone, uh, does anyone have a pet name or a nickname? So I raised my hand, and I said, uh, yeah, my friends call me Cakes. And uh, just, you know, he, he said, uh, oh, did you like to eat a lot of cake? And uh, such a disappointment. Yeah. First punishment. of all, uh,
2: yes, I do like cake, thank you second of all who told you you're funny like honestly, <laughs> honestly like so I, it was cringing. it was the beginning of the show you know and it, it's it really set the tone for the rest of the show mm-hmm. if i just say so I mean also I love how you said it sets the tone of the I mean I mean that show but also this episode and the very first show that we want to talk about because it kind of highlights this this experience um basically a, a hacky comedian a, well, a male comedian who gets by with, like, minimal effort. So, so yeah, i remember that for, for later,
1: and, I should say. Yeah, and their obsessions with punchlines. So.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> so, in case you guys uh, couldn't tell, three of us are very close. We're besties, long-time, long-distance besties. So, we live in three different countries, but with a, with a singular shared passion for content. <laughs>
1: I think passion is putting it mildly. I would say like
2: obsession slash codependent relationship. (laughs) Define content. Like, what do we what do we mean when we say content?
1: Mm, The whole gamut, I would say.
0: (laughs) So you know, everything under the umbrella of pop culture yes
1: yeah exactly the shows the trailers the movies the memes the the videos. uh thanks to rish (laughs) the tiktok videos also thanks to rish so god
0: (laughs) and what you're listening to is basically the audio version of our whatsapp group
2: chat yes where we essentially just send each other memes on the daily yeah (laughs) plenty of um I'm, I'm going to say GIFs because I, I still can't, the GIFs just, no.
1: stand by GIFs, is it? Okay. I also
0: I, stand by GIFs. That's your, okay, fine. Baze is not happy.
2: <laughs> the okay. GIFs
0: and the post-show tears and laughs. And, yes. Um, yeah. And just general, like, discussions after a show,
1: you know, some that deeply impact us, some that deeply annoy us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we love discussing everything that we watch
0: because we watch a lot, and we like to think about what we watch. And what's the exactly. point, even if you can't overly dissect a show with your best friends?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. After
0: you've binged it,
2: yeah. which and is then, what we do, and then start a podcast. Like what? Like are we in twenty twenty one? Exactly. It didn't happen if if, it, if it's not on the board. So exactly. Um, Um, Would you guys say that content is the glue of our friendship? I mean, apart from like deep love and empathy and understanding all of that, but. All of that and like 20 plus years of friendship, uh, (laughs)
0: definitely content. (laughs) I think content adds to our friendship.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Because we've used content to discuss so many issues and so many themes that are close to us or not so close to us so it's also facilitated really valuable debate
0: I think (laughs) yeah definitely
2: yes and it's helped us evolve together correct I think we are constantly seeking content that's like challenging our views trying to make us better and so that's basically why we're doing this right like we want people to know that there's so much out there so much good stuff to watch that uh, that that you know can actually add value to the way you view things.
0: No, I think there are so many people who are not watching the same things that we're watching, um, yes. and uh, which is why we just I felt like this was very necessary. To
2: uh, I mean,
0: <laughs> only the three of us think this is very necessary. It <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> actually brings us to our next point. Like we do want to say that we are not professionals. You know, like we're not we're not experts on anything (laughs) except our feelings, maybe. But even that, we're learning on a daily basis. Yeah, Yeah, yes, journey. And with that, let's discuss the title of this podcast. So, why correctly rated, Reesh? Ooh, this is a good question. Do (laughs) (laughs) tell. So um, I was having a conversation with the girls, as as we do on the daily. <laughs> we love to get into it, um, and I think the topic was um, romantic versus platonic relationships. And it's just sad because we've been inundated or fed this narrative. You know, it's this obsession or like hyper romanticization of like romantic relationships. And, and that's when KX was like, yeah, it's just, it's so overrated. Yeah, it's so yeah. overrated.
0: I think what we, we've just been uh, under this deluge of, <laughs> um you know, a girlfriend and a boyfriend and they grow up together and then they fall in love. And yeah. this idea, this is the main kind of heterosexual romance, which we have, you know, been shown like growing up. Um, I'm just over it. It's so overrated. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like you know, and that's, that's when Reesh said, um, "Yeah, female friendships are correctly rated platonic relationships." You know. Yes,
2: yes, I would agree. Yeah. So why why can't we romanticize platonic relationships? Like, why can't mm. we normalize moving across, like, moving across the country to be with your best friend? why I wish we could all move in and just like adopt a bunch of dogs and like call it a life you know exactly Um, yeah that's what
1: I think just like just like healthy friendships are you uh, know
2: correctly rated (laughs) yes um so what about when it comes to like tv shows like Mm -hmm. if we had to explain our metric of what's under (laughs) over, or correctly rated what do you guys think like what are some examples that we'd like to throw
0: i think the first show that comes to mind is fleabag because i started watching it maybe uh, the year after season one was released and nobody had watched it nobody was talking about it right. and the show was so close to my heart i told everyone i know to watch it yeah. but <laughs> not a lot of people did uh, i just connected uh, on a very deep level <laughs> with the character of fleabag and when season two dropped, yeah. uh, I was so excited. and I think uh, it got a lot of attention because um, the the opening scene of uh, season two, episode one oh, was such beautiful. a hit. Yeah. yeah, it was so beautiful. And um, and that's when everyone got hooked. And that's when it got all the attention that it had deserved from the very beginning. And, you know, she yeah. got Emmy nominations and stuff. And and it was so underrated in the beginning, but
2: then it was correctly rated. <laughs> yeah, Evag is definitely, definitely correctly yeah, okay. rated now. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think as for shows that are maybe underrated, I would say shows like Derry Girls, which is just a fucking delight. Or Catastrophe, which, you know, both of you have also not watched, which is also amazing. Yes. Guilty.
2: We're going to get to
0: it, dude. It's yeah. Um crashing, which is, yeah, that's, oh my that's, god, crashing was so good. Yeah, yeah, and also so upsetting that we didn't get to see a season two of it because it
2: left on a cliffhanger. Yeah,
0: the
2: 20 same 20 with Dairy Girls. I'm just like, why aren't me? they coming back? So, yeah, um, and as for
1: overrated, um dum
2: dum dum, dum, dum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where to begin, really, but um <laughs> Are we gonna say it together? You know, no, I don't know why I'm so
0: scared. Like, I feel like people are gonna come for us if we say it. Maybe we'll take the safer out and then just not mention the name. Yeah, I sang, I sang the intro, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> a show that must not be named.
1: God, it's Yeah, can I please take one for the team? (laughs) Even if a (laughs) podcast gets discontinued, do it. Okay, you can do it. I think someone needs to say that Bridgerton was overrated, okay?
0: (laughs) 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 Most definitely, especially after the Emmy nominations. I mean... Very
2: confused.
0: Very confused.
1: What was that even? (laughs)
0: Maybe the timing of its uh, release was like a big factor, right? Because everyone was just watching everything um, in the lockdown. And it was like, everyone was like horny and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just
1: the season (laughs) to be jolly and horny and everything. So,
0: So, yeah, Yeah. that's that's our
1: skill. That's That's our (laughs) skill based (laughs) on our judgments and thoughts and perspectives and views
0: so, yeah. i mean just after years of dedicated watching Correct. <laughs> <direct, it> really <laughs> comes after yeah this is you know this is like our
1: it's like a full-time job really for us <laughs> we should set up
0: a patreon for anyone who wants to support us <laughs> our own viewing habits exactly <laughs> you can pay for my netflix subscription yeah, just, Thank you just very much
2: our bad habits our bad <laughs> addiction <laughs> and send some chips as well while you're at it. You know? <laughs> what what other things do you think uh, like what are the discussions that we have had that mm-hmm. where this sort of comes into play about what's correctly rated
0: I think in terms of like, concepts um, body neutrality which is something that I have been yeah very, very passionately following right. for a while right. now yeah. What do so you mean by body? Correctly- so what I mean by body neutrality is that it's, I guess, uh, just you know, if body positivity on a scale of one to ten was at a ten, body neutrality just comes <laughs> in at a seven point five, <laughs> healthy level of you know, my body is just the one part of me, and mm-hmm. I don't yeah. need to always love it, and I don't yeah. need to hate it. Yeah. And it can just be. Yeah. yeah. I can just exist in this body and appreciate it for what it does for me that I'm still living in this body I'm living and breathing I get to do whatever I want to do
1: and that's it absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah
0: what about you Vids what do you think is correctly rated
1: I think caring for yourself so I I feel like this idea that like you have to love yourself like that's kind of overrated but just caring for yourself you know and that could be in the form of like anything right like whatever like exercise or anything you know that that gives you a sense of like satisfaction or yeah makes you feel easy you know makes you feel at peace and I think like you know caring for yourself could also entail like establishing boundaries so in a even in a certain situation to establish boundaries for yourself is correctly rated like it, sh- i
2: completely agree yes yeah. <laughs> we don't see enough of it i think um yeah. and as an extension of that also just yeah. the idea of saying no like exactly. you know i think is correctly rated like to protect yourself to protect yeah. your space
1: yeah um
2: yeah yeah that's, that's what you see yeah I would say like a like this idea of aggressive self-love these days yeah. um, is overrated, and I you, that's so like beautifully put. Like yeah. self-care. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what. Like, there's so much pressure sometimes. I'm like, oh my god, I have to love myself. Why do I? Why am I loving myself today? <laughs> oh my what god. have you done
0: today to be your best self? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my it god. Also this... ties in to hustle culture, right? Like to be the yes. best version I'm of yourself on a daily basis. Living
2: my best life, like no bitch. I'm living my
0: very <laughs> normal don't life. Don't know. Like maybe my hormones are not letting me live my best life today. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe my bank statement is not allowing me to live my best
2: life today. <laughs> Honestly, like my acne is living its best life at this point. <laughs> like, oh my God.
1: Oh God. So yeah.
2: Yeah. 30, flirty and surviving, baby. <laughs> well, well done, Rish. Well done.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, um, well, jokes aside... I do think it's important that we mention like our say judgment of something as correctly rated purely comes from conversations we have within our own spheres and we hope that that resonates like the conversations we have here resonate with um with everyone well not everyone but with other people (laughs) and also that yeah as you may or may not have figured out by now some of our conversations um come from our own heteronormative experiences or our experiences as cis hetero women of color um but uh that is in no way meant to say dismiss or trivialize the experience of anyone else um and we hope that we are able to maintain or celebrate a space of uh, acceptance and inclusion in, in every way possible so we really don't intend to offend anyone with our views or our judgments of something being correctly rated it's purely just based on our experiences (laughs) thank you for coming to my TED talk I'm gonna go now
2: Oh man! As always, Beiru our most articulate. Our PhD in the house. Give it up for Bedu. Oh. <laughs> Echo chamber. Echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could make a drinking game. <laughs> Number <laughs> each just compliment each other, like <laughs> just validate each other. oh yeah. You'd be drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> drunk in love, baby. But yeah, thank you, Vates, for articulating that. As always, so beautifully, this <laughs> is a space of love and admiration. Um, it's mostly, I think, yeah, just like a love letter to things that
1: we love. Yeah. <laughs> content that we love and that we really
2: um, hope to hear more people discussing. I mean, it really has shaped our tastes and our friendship. It also has informed the way, like, we navigate our own lives, you know, like, dating or just friendships or family or just anything that happens when we see it reflect on screen we always come back to each other being like oh my god the way that was portrayed was either beautifully done or you know not correctly and yeah like we have these discussions on a daily basis and we just want to share that with you guys
0: and I think the goal is to just get everyone watching (laughs) do, so, do which is not uh, which is not like the seventh uh, rerun of friends yes exactly. you know <laughs> with that I think that's uh why don't we check in with each other and hmm. see how our weeks have been
2: yes um uh as you mentioned uh, we uh do live in different countries so this is kind of just a way for us to catch up uh with each other and see how our weeks have been we call it shits and giggles shits representing the shitty kind of low moments that we've had and giggles representing like the highlights or like something funny that happened during the week um cakes do you want to go first <laughs> sure um my highs
0: for this week I think I have done quite a bit of retail therapy <laughs> over the past two weeks and it is slowly trickling in and I've been very happy with my purchases so far <laughs> it's crazy. been a while I haven't shopped all like throughout the pandemic so wow, very, I wish I could good. say the same I mean <laughs> except for a little Diwali shopping but I don't count that um, but yeah it's been a it's been a while since I've done a whole haul uh, so I'm feeling very good about that. Uh, my lows for the week, I have just killed my plant. My first ever plant who I bought with a lot of love. I crocheted her a little outfit. I, uh, you know, I think too much love uh, has been given to this plant. And uh, it was the end of her, I think. So I, I'm trying to salvage her, but I don't think it's
2: going to happen. So sorry. So, sorry. Is, uh, eliminating some important details like what kind of plant this is and what it's, what a, succulent. it's a
0: succulent, which I p- bought because I thought, okay, like this is the lowest maintenance plant ever. And I just need to water her once in 10 days, which to be fair is what I did. <sighs> so, I don't know how she died.
1: Yeah.
0: It is a mystery, but also I googled it today and it's apparently very easy to kill this kind of plant right. it's like a zebra succulent so i was like okay i felt very validated you know mm. it's not my fault entirely right. i right. think she needs to take some accountability some accountability some ownership for what happened yeah <laughs> how dare how dare she oh, exactly what about you How was your weekend? sorry
2: one second i just uh, thought of cakes. um serial killer name which is basically cakes the cactus killer <laughs>
0: Cute love me so some wrong oh, name. Look out for that on Netflix dropping 2022.
1: <laughs> <I sighs> love I some tasteful alliteration, always. <laughs> I, try. I try so hard, you know. <laughs>
0: <try>. Really do.
1: <laughs> um, right, so my shits and my giggles. <laughs> um, god, it's so superficial, but. Um, We
0: love superficial love.
1: Okay. Um, so, uh, as we have established, you may have figured out already, we're kind of (laughs) single. And, um, as many single women do where I'm on dating app and, um, I found out that a flat, I mean, my flatmate matched with a colleague of mine who had matched with me earlier and who I thought wow. was really cute, but then who ghosted me, um... So now in my head, they're going to get married and have babies. And he's going to be in our apartment all the time with a pretty cute progeny. And you're going to babysit their kids. Basically. And um, I had a full breakdown, needed to do some meditation, all of that.
0: Let me just say that is the healthiest way of approaching a breakdown. Unlike what Resh and I would do, which is literally just attack a packet of chips. Of chips? Shout out to chips,
1: though. Um...
2: Big fans. Big fans. Yeah, big fans. Big fans of retail and chip therapy. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, so healthy. Um, however my giggle is that i think it's already fizzling out and this is the moment, like i like love my flatmate and i want her to be happy but it really oh, it do feels we like, we a do you do no, i really do i want her
2: to be I'm joking know. i know she
1: seems. no rage
2: no no she seems like this. no rage <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Yeah, so just goes to show that he's a bore. And actually, I don't think I have, uh, you know, whatever. It's fine. So the jokes yeah. on him, really, because he's a loser. If he like miss, I mean, if he like, because she's amazing. So he has really missed out on something. Yeah. So, so, so
0: No, he missed out on you, babes. <laughs> so he was always a loser. That too, correct, correct. Rish is right. He was always a loser to begin with.
2: <sighs> what about you, Rish? How was your? Uh, Y'all, <laughs> my, uh, my shits is quite is quite sad, but I think it's a little funny too. Uh, so yesterday, I wanted to go get a pedicure. Early in the day, I had texted these girls on the infamous group chat. Cousin had WhatsApp me that she found something of mine in my mother's Bible. And I panicked because I was kind of a strange kid when I was younger and I was just like I don't know what I've hidden in my mother's bible and I thought it would be something terrible um but then they were just like can you just calm down and open the message so I opened it and just happened to be like this uh passport size photo of me in my school uniform as a kid very cute I think the girls were so upset they were like yeah we expected more from you Dave very
0: cute (laughs) but anti-climatic
2: yeah and um anyway so uh, i was at the parlor and i was just texting my mom and i was like oh did you see this picture that my cousin sent and she was like yeah blah 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 and then she proceeds to say um now you know how i always keep you close to my heart
1: i swear guys i just crap like i don't (laughs) know
2: i start crying oh crying at the parlor it was hilarious but I will tell you that a mask serves as a great multi-purpose <laughs> right. you know saves you from COVID and public embarrassment like, it
0: does you know I've on occasion cried wearing yeah. my mask and no one's been able to yes
1: tell. correct. I think it was also raining
0: so I think uh, that also
2: helps oh that that's a classic crying in yeah. the rain <laughs> but you that's
1: so was out-of-body experiences I think you had that ratio you're like wow like here I am just climbing in a parlor like this is this is what my life has come down to. it was
2: hilarious and then like maybe a minute later they were playing like their own playlist it wasn't the the radio I'm not joking my heart will go on by Celine Dion start playing oh, and all the Filipino <laughs> Manicures and pedicures like just in unison start singing and I'm like singing with them. Wow,
0: everyone. that's so cute. Yeah,
2: it's such a it's such a <laughs> cute but funny moment. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it, guys. <laughs> I think three of our like um it almost feels like confessions, like are very mm-hmm. our very individual personalities. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, um, yeah, with that, should we get into it? Should we get into yes. that strange note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we, what, which show are we talking about today, guys?
0: Hacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I lost you there, babe. One more time with the people in the back. Hacks. We're even softer. So... <laughs> Hacks. Hacks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, we are bringing to you today. Um, this wonderful HBO Max show called Hacks. It was released this year in May. The first season is out, 10 episodes each, about 30 minutes. You guys will get to this so quick. It's such an entertaining and funny watch. Oh, yeah. Um, It's a two-day affair.
0: Yeah.
2: Maximum. Hello.
0: Yeah.
2: That's like, they're like veterans like us. Like, we also, (laughs) maybe others would say terrible, but we consider ourselves like champion binge water. Correct. But, correct. Pros at this point. Like I should <laughs> put it on my CV actually. Just, correct. Can yeah. we? It's already on our dating profiles, So now might as well put it on. <laughs> like, everyone should just know, you know. Um, so Hacks was produced by uh, the wonderful Paul W. Downs, Lucia Anelio, and Jen Statsky, who are also very excitingly broad City alum um, and for those of you out there that haven't watched Broad City, just like do yourself a favor, mm-hmm. watch
0: it. It's so you good. know I haven't watched Broad City. I know it's uh, I know you're gonna kill me for this, but
2: um, I still Can haven't finished that. it.
0: Just I'm, I'm halfway on. in though. I'm halfway. okay. Okay, fine.
2: <laughs> okay. I I don't accept it. Bads you accept it too easily. I don't. It's just as soon crazy. as this ends, I will go do my yeah, homework. That's good. <clears throat> so this is how seriously we take our, our binge watching guys so and we'll um... <laughs> send
1: some strongly worded whatsapp messages to you <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man what? yeah so um so yeah if you have watched broad city um paul w downs is an actor and he plays the trainer in broad city which is still late i'm not joking one of my favorite like characters of all time <laughs> he just is a complete nut um and to our delight he also acts in hacks so he's not only the producer but he's also an actor and his character in this show is also just i mean <laughs> a delight <laughs> a true delight um <laughs> And, so, and also, like, one of the first fun facts that I found out, like, while, while we are doing our research, is that Paul and Lucia, the other producer, are married. I mean, No, okay, they're no. not married. married. <laughs> I want them to be married so bad. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're together. They're, like, a longtime comedy couple and, you know, just living their comedy couple dreams in LA. Yeah. So, yeah. Hashtag goals. And so yeah, those are the producers of the show. And another huge name attached to this is uh, one Michael Shaw <laughs> who's basically um, produced everything. Literally everything.
0: He's
1: also just the gift that keeps on giving. Like
2: he, seriously, everything he touches is gold. Yeah. I do Yeah. And so yeah, that wasn't enough reason. Guys, <laughs> like just watch it already. But okay, I'll tell you more. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole list. <laughs> The leading ladies of this show. Oh my days, Jean Smart and Hannah Einbinder. So Jean Smart plays the titular character. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna make this joke. <laughs> I was
0: gonna make a
2: not no, <laughs> I was gonna make yes. a tit a titular joke. But... Oh, boy, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Deborah would be so offended. She'd be like <laughs> thing how dare you okay um so yeah so she plays the the protagonist um and her character's name is deborah vance and gene smart's been in the business for like ages some of y'all might recognize her critics are are calling it a genesis a genesis a because like in the last year she's done everything from Fargo to Watchmen to Mare of Easttown and she's killed in every performance so um we're so glad that she's back in this uh the show I mean truly slaying so uh watch out for her because I feel like an Emmy nom is coming for this performance absolutely and, yeah totally totally deserves it and alongside her, we have uh, the very fresh-faced Hannah Einbinder. This is her first role, and it was so fun reading up about her because it turns out that Hannah is a comedian in real life, like she's a stand-up mm-hmm. comic. And not only that, like she comes from like basically a clown family. Like her entire mm-hmm. family's like hilarious. Her mother, <laughs> um, Lorraine Newman, was one of the like she belonged to the first cast of SNL. And she was the founder of um, The Groundlings, which is like basically the birthing place for everyone who came out of SNL. Um, her dad was a comedy writer, her sibling is a comedian mm-hmm. as well, and has worked on shows with like other SNL um, alum. So yeah, she she basically comes from a from a clown family. Truly
1: <laughs> does have funny bones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when I was listening to her on some other podcast recently it really does sound like she's just playing herself like a reflection of
2: herself on screen um, that's, actually, yeah. that's true that you mentioned that because so I watched I mean when I found out that she's a comedian I was trying to find like stuff that she's probably done like stand-up wise and she had done an interview on Stephen Colbert I think last year mm-hmm. this was just before the pandemic hit she did this really funny bit. She mentions her mother, but at the time I didn't even know she's talking about her mother being like Lorraine Newman or whatever. Um, and fast forward a year later, she comes back to Stephen Colbert, but this time as a guest on the show to promote hacks. And Gross. she was joking. Yeah, ra- oh, serious growth, dude. Um, yeah. And she was just joking to Stephen being like, yeah, I was like such a reach playing this character because I essentially was just playing like a version of my family. <laughs> So she's like, yeah, I didn't have to look very far to
1: play this role.
2: <laughs> yeah. right.
1: Yeah. The rhythm of the show just totally aligned with her comedic rhythm, you know? And right. like that's so
2: palpable throughout the show.
0: Yeah.
1: The
2: deadpanness. I think. She has yes. a very deadpan-y... Uh, it's
1: just yeah. so easy breezy, you
2: know?
1: Right. <laughs> breezy cover
2: girl. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, guys. <laughs> With that, mm-hmm. um, let me, let, let, let's tell you what Hacks is about. So if I had to sum up Hacks in one line, I'll say it's a, well, I and, and many critics <laughs> would say it's a, it's a comedy about comedy and it's a comedy about female comedians. Um, and the main theme being this generational divide that we see between Deborah Vance's character and Eva Daniels's character. And so, Ved, what can you tell us about these two ladies, like where they at in their mm-hmm. careers when they meet?
1: So uh Deborah Vance is this legendary stand-up comedian um who has a residency in um in Las Vegas, uh, and she's done like thousands of shows and she's been you know doing this routine for decades um right, yeah now- and by
2: residency you mean like how like jlo and like britney had like their
1: britney free
2: britney oh shut up shut up yeah
1: exactly and Sadly, okay um, you know so she's informed that she's being replaced by some like acts that are younger like pentatonics <laughs>
0: Oh my like god. Some serious shade thrown at pentatonics am So
2: they got paid for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, she's
0: she's not pleased <laughs> with it. To say the least, she throws an iPad in the pool. <laughs> so,
1: you know, that's her that's where she's at at the beginning of the show. And then on the other hand, Ava, who is a comedy writer, living her ride her life in LA she's you know like bought an apartment paying mortgage etc she's working for a show but all that goes to shit because of a controversial tweet from her past and therefore she's in a way cancelled Classic. Um, <laughs> so you know she's like obviously trying to like hang on or like look she's like desperately searching for another job um, and it just so happens that she has the same manager as Deborah Vance, which is played by Paul W. Downs. Um, yes. <laughs> and so in this moment of genius, he decides to set them up together. And essentially he like, you know, plans this meet cute. <laughs> 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 he, he, like, yeah forces them to work with each other but you know like coolly suggests that eva write for her uh to spruce up her routine so that deborah can continue to stay in the game
2: yeah yeah
0: Um, that's that's uh, where we the blind date of our
2: dreams (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's where it all begins exactly that's (laughs) how the show takes off And so, yeah, so this generational divide that we've spoken about, so we see that coming into full effect the first time they meet. Um, That kind of goes south because what is meant to be like a harmless interview ends up being both of them hurling insults at each other and
0: some beautiful insults yeah
2: actually really funny and i think deborah recognizes that like she's just like wait a second this girl's smart she has some um she has something to offer and she's challenging
0: her yeah
2: yeah that Mm -hmm. repartee
0: that scene is
2: really amazing the and band it's
0: band. just honestly it's just a sign of what's to come because the rest of the show you know they have such amazing uh banter. Banter. yeah the banter is so beautiful and it's almost you know they were talking about this on another podcast and it's like a rom-com you know it's just two yeah. women who uh don't think they like each other but they meet <laughs> and they've been forced to you know work together and they slowly fall in love, and then <laughs> there's conflict, and then they're apart, and it's very much like a rom-com. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so, but I
1: think also like what's interesting is that it's not just about the the you know how these two generations are not at, like loggerheads With each other, but yeah, how they intersect. It's also about women in a male-dominated industry, um, and just how they kind of in their own ways, have to navigate the the sinister character of that industry or many industries Mm. um, to, like, succeed and to ensure that their careers are not, like, undermined or taken away from them.
2: Absolutely. It's interesting because in the show, they both think that they're fighting different battles. But as a viewer, you understand they're both fighting similar battles of just, like, yeah. owning their space, proving themselves, you know, they're both at a point where they could possibly be cancelled. I actually love the way Ava's characters introduce introduced, because it's so, like, telling of our time, like, mm. one tweet can do in your life. Yeah. Um, and it's just them finally coming to understand that, wait, like, both of us have like obstacles yeah. and how they learn from each other to sort of overcome those obstacles. Right?
1: Yeah, they're basically like two sides of the same coin actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So ladies, what did we love about the show? Um I know that we were very taken by it, but what exactly made us so taken by it
2: okay so for me i think i may have mentioned this to you guys before but like two professions that i really admire or i find interesting are comedians and and uh, chefs i mean if you look at my youtube algorithm like that's basically it's just like comedy sets <laughs> and and like food shows um that's my instagram yeah because like honestly and and the <laughs> marriage of those two is literally like my dream so um, but yeah anyway so as a, as a comedy fan like I just think the show is such a gift um, and I was listening to this interview with the with the creators Lucia, Paul and Jen and they were saying how the show is essentially um, a love letter to female comedians and actresses who never got their due and one of the most famous being Joan Rivers. So Joan... Is known to have had quite a tumultuous life. Like even though she achieved fame, like it took a lot out of her. And Deborah's character is based on Joan, um, and a lot of the events that were written into Deborah's storyline, uh, like is based off of things that happened to Joan in her life. So that was really cool to read up on and sort of piece together. Then of course is the there's the the generational divide that we have spoken about, and what I love about that is. How the strengths and I would say similarities um, of each of these generations are portrayed through like the lens of comedy and, and these comedians, so right. um, yeah so on the one hand you have, Deborah who's like the the boomer and then Eva who's the like Gen Z kid, um, and so Deborah's portrayed to be this badass um successful comedian who's achieved a level of fame and money and she has like this beautiful mansion and but she continues to work like the work never stops and so that's something I really admire that that work ethic and I think that's something that she tries to instill in Ava earlier on in the show like she tries to explain to her you may think it gets easier um at my age, but it doesn't, you know, like yeah. you have the hustle to- never stops. Correct. Yeah. And especially as a woman in this industry, I mean, or I guess any industry, you just have to work like twice as hard. So that's that's Deborah for you. And then you have Eva, who's like this young, weighty, talented, and super ambitious kid who's like chasing after this dream, just like Really ambitious dream. I mean, it's it's not easy to be a writer, that like to a paid writer in LA. Um, but here she is, sort of like trying to live her truth. Um, she is able to stand up for herself. She's able to recognize right from wrong, and I think that's what she tries to instill in Deborah. Essentially, the show is like I think both of these characters, you know, teaching each other and helping each other grow. And so yeah, so what she tries to you know teach Deborah is that you don't have to punch down to get a laugh um, or you don't have to insult yourself to get a laugh um, you know and how to sort of get to the truth of a joke or, or or of a story and that can only happen if you're true to yourself if you're vulnerable if you're able to open yourself up and so I think that's the role that Eva plays in, in Deborah's life at this moment is sort of Trying to get her to embrace this new version of Deborah, you know, who's more vulnerable and is able to share that with audiences. I mean, we see now that with content as well, right? Like it rewards authenticity. Authenticity. So, (laughs) well, that's not a hard word, but I struggled. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and obviously, you know, the the chemistry between these two leads—it's just amazing, like you know that are so tenacious they're like ferociously funny it's like my wet dream it's like our dream like what <laughs> call, Right? Like it's-
0: <laughs> it was so beautifully said Rish. yeah
2: As- in my
1: head. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you kicks what did you like about the show or love about the show
0: so apart from the writing which is incredible because i was just laughing so much from <laughs> like the second minute um are just the range of characters who are all so funny in their own right and it could be like they could have the smallest of roles but they make themselves known you know like Deborah's house manager and her <laughs> COO slash CEO of the Deborah Vance Corporation her daughter who is such a character and you know you really feel for her even though yeah. sometimes you're just like, is she, is she doing the right thing? Yeah. She's not. like You 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 want to root for her, even though she's a, she's a complex character. Yeah. You know. Another character who is just a joy to watch on screen is Kayla, Paul W. Down's assistant, played by Megan Salter, who in real life is a stand-up comedian, which makes total sense. Because, you know, the show is really funny, but... When she walks on screen, it's she brings the comic relief that you didn't even know you needed, <laughs> and it's just it, she has amazing chemistry with, um, with her manager, um, and they they all have their moments in the oh, show, which is really special. You know. Yeah,
1: it's interesting because, like, you don't realize that they contributed. Yes. This episode right. until like yeah, you think about it, you are like hmm. I don't know. It just like elevates the already
2: yes. elevated um episode or show. I do want to add, you know, um something that we've discussed about other shows, and I will say about Mayor of Easttown was just like the this idea of throwing in six hundred characters that don't contribute to the storyline. Yeah. Like this is such a good example where like each character had a role to play, and they Honestly. were you know beautifully written and it was just succinct like it was just perfect you know like it wasn't overdone overdone. it was yeah it It really
1: yeah they really like the the term supporting
2: yeah is so
1: well like portrayed in this show they really are fantastic supporting characters like even Kiki you know the um What would you say she is like? So
0: the, the black chat Oh, I love
1: Kiki. <laughs> like, all of them are just so actually so kind. You know, they really like highlight how well intentioned all of them are. I don't know. There's just so much like love and support and oh,
0: so good. Yeah. yeah. It is really and special to uh, yeah. that bond, you yeah. know. And in one episode, Deborah and Ava are heading to a spa retreat to get some work done, quite literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that episode was so sweet because Ava uh, finds out something about Deborah while yeah. they're under the influence <laughs> of uh, certain items. <laughs> and, you know, there's no judgment. Um, it comes from a place of love. Yeah. Where she says, you know, you should tell your fans this. They should know this about you. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you open up? And I think they would appreciate you even more for who you are. Uh, rather than this facade or the story that you've been selling for 30 years. And it yeah, comes from a place of genuine love.
2: Yeah, and I do think that's like so lovely to watch. Because I think on the face of it, they both seem like really... um abrasive characters, like with, you know, harsh exteriors, so that when they do have these tender moments with each other, it's just so beautiful to watch. And, you know, another performance that I really appreciated of of Hannah's is um, this funeral scene that happens in the Mm -hmm. show Um, it was one of my favorite performances because, you know, considering she's a newcomer, like a first-time actress, it was such a beautiful, tender moment between her and and Deborah. But I think why that stood out to me more as well is that when I was reading up about it, it turns out that um, Jean, who plays Deborah, she lost her husband the year that they were shooting. So, uh, yeah. That's
1: so sad.
2: That's so tragic and, you know, he was uh, obviously her biggest fan and companion and so she mentioned that shooting that scene was obviously hard and so in retrospect when you think like that just I don't want to say elevate but you could see there was like real tenderness and sort of emotion in that scene so yeah
1: yeah it was very real
2: very real indeed so yeah um what about you vids what what did you like about the show
1: uh, where do I begin honestly <laughs> I knew I would love the show from the first minute because they play one of my favorite songs as a starting song um, which one it, is that uh, Evan finds the third room um, oh and it's just I mean just starts with, I can't explain the feeling that I had when I saw that that opening scene but uh, yeah. it was one of elation and excitement <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but right so there I, th- I think there are three things that I particularly love about the show and I think they all tie into each other essentially to do with like womanhood and like the female experience so the first is just I think it does a beautiful um, job at highlighting how fallible women can be that we can be we are actually, I think, very often at instinct, maybe. Or our first thing to do is to shit on other women, right. but um, we are, can also be each other's biggest allies and biggest supporters, and yes. I think that's essentially what you see happen between Ava and Deborah, and something I think they also realize as as their relationship develops. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is also how um, it highlights a very common female experience. And maybe I'm projecting my own experience here, but um, about this dissonance, I think that we constantly have to navigate. So on the one hand, we might be really sure of ourselves in our craft. Like we know we're really good at something. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there is an uncertainty or insecurity in how to, say, execute that.
2: Express that, right, right. Um,
1: Which I think is where, say, Deborah's biggest point of contention comes from because she knows that she's been doing her craft a certain way. Um, And she knows she's so good at it, but, you know, She's only done it one way, um, and so you know. So this whole this, this this whole dilemma now about like how is she going to change that? How is she going to make herself relevant? Um, and you know, it's kind of like showing your vulnerability, right? To just show you a new side of yourself in in this in this craft. Yes. Um, and the third thing is this this idea of like expression versus suppression or vis-a-vis suppression yeah um in the sense that they both use comedy to
2: express their their oppression and (laughs) like
1: what they are suppressed
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so
1: in a way yeah, comedy becomes this subversive medium through which they absolutely express what it is they're being suppressed for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Je feel You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's so well put, Bates. Um, and I think kind of leads to like, of course, there were so many light moments and, you know, heartwarming moments on the show. But there's also one theme that I think they had to address um in this me too era and that's basically harassment at the workplace and obviously for these two women um workplace means you know comedy clubs or where they where they used to perform comedy so we're at a point in the show now where deborah's um testing out her new material that she's been working on with eva and she's like why don't we go to a comedy club and try it out um and at this comedy club, Deborah is then confronted with a ghost from her past. And this ghost being uh, a, an old club manager who was abusive, um, was terrible to her and other female comics. Um, and she sort of left with this bad taste in her mouth before going up on stage. And at that point, Ava's with her, right? So Ava sort mm-hmm. of presents Deborah's opportunity. She asks her a very important question like, um, don't you think you should do something about this? Yeah. Uh, or, like, why did you brush off that that incident so yeah. easily? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now that you have the power. Now that you have the power. Now that you have, um, yeah, the the ability to do so. Yeah. And Barbara is obviously ogged by this. Because why? Should,
0: it's not her responsibility to take down all the abusive men, but you know, <laughs> maybe one of them.
2: Yeah. At least. <laughs> Yeah, and so the opportunity does end up presenting itself, like, to her. So what happens is she meets the current version, like, the younger version of this ghost from her past, Um, the old manager who was abusive, Um, and this younger guy is basically the MC who's hosting the comedy night that she's at. And it's, like, history repeating itself, because Deborah notices that this young guy is doing the exact same thing, which is being... um, Complete oh. asshole to the other comics, there. A creep. A certified creep. To the other women making really stupid Lewd jokes. Nude
1: comments. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: Not, not like so 2008.
1: Honestly. Uh, it was never cool, just by the way, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and Deborah, you know, she's supposed to test out her new material. She had a plan, but mm. she goes up on stage and tears him down. And in that moment, you feel so vindicated. Like, yeah. she, she's won something for us all. And it really does feel like that because she's taken revenge on, you know, that uh, old club manager um, mm-hmm. by bringing this guy down. And it's like, uh, like retrospective uh, retribution, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, guy just true. doesn't deserve to be on stage. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't do uh, this, you know, when she was performing, like, in her youth. But she can do this for the new women who are performing now yeah. at this club and who don't have to face this kind of shit. Yeah. Um, it's and so it's, it's, it's amazing. And you know, in that moment, you can see that guy's face. Like, he just knows <laughs> he's worth nothing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he has a really bad sense of humor. Like, oh, terrible stand-up comic at your show, don't
0: want to crack the
1: lame cake joke.
0: I mean, he's a real hack. Like, yeah, no. he's a hack. Oof, yeah, like a full proper hack. Yeah, damn. Yeah,
1: he is. <laughs> but what I also think is cool about this scene is like, you know, that is how it's like exp- expressed or displayed from Hannah's Eva's a- 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 side, sorry. Uh because yes. like you said, Rish, you know, she is kind of like self-righteous. Um and I think yeah, it highlights this tendency of say us as like the younger generation to just like jump on on something because to us it's wrong you know like to us it's visibly wrong but it's also important she realizes I think in that moment yeah just how much it has taken for Deborah to get this far and um yeah so just feel like it unlocks another level in their relationship because there's just more empathy that building in in between the two of them, and I think that that's so important for them across generations, and so for us across generations to be able to do that.
2: Yes, yes. Do you also think? Sorry. No. After you.
0: After you. Do <laughs> you also think it's a reminder to Deborah that she's really powerful? Mm. That she's She's, not a hack. Yeah. I know. She has the power to do something like to go on stage and bring this guy down.
2: Oh, I love that you brought that up, Ashley. Um, Because something that I found really fascinating when I was doing my research is the the power dynamics of a joke structure. And so what that means is, so traditionally with stand-up comedy, when a comedian was delivering a joke, it would typically contain the, the subject and an object the subject historically would be a man. And obviously at the time, more often than not, it would be a cis white male. Um, And the object would often be a minority group. And again, most cases, women. And so to understand that better, you could compare it to say cinema with the male gaze, right? That objectifies women. And so what I love about the scene, and I think why it feels so vindictive is because, Deborah shifts the power dynamic. She takes the power back and she finds herself finally in a position where she can stand up for herself and tell like this hacky comedian, like this MC guy to, to fuck off.
1: Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> it's a very powerful moment.
0: It really is. Also, one of the things that I really felt in this scene, okay, and I feel like you both have also felt this way before, is that. The men in our lives um, don't think we are as funny as we think we are.
1: I mean, yeah, my dad thinks I'm hilarious, but yes, other than that, <laughs>
0: absolutely. <laughs> oh, your dad! That's just one of the things, and I really feel very strongly about this. Also, because studies have shown that when it comes to sense of humor and when people say that they would like their partner to have a sense of humor, men take it in the sense that they would like their partners, and this is in heteronormative relationships, um, that men would like their partners to laugh at their jokes versus women would like their partners to make them laugh.
2: Yeah.
0: And I've, I've understood that men... Men don't, I genuinely don't think um, men can appreciate women's humour or they even, it's, you know, it's the
2: whole thing of like, if you don't laugh at my joke, you're not you're funny. Because they've traditionally been seen as the ones delivering the joke. And we as women should just be, you know, passively receiving it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, yeah, the show kind of just spins that on its head. Like, no. <laughs> like, women are very capable uh, of, of delivering
0: yeah I feel like a lot of men just dismiss funny women yeah you know and it's really sad and the other thing uh, it reminded me of was this bumble profile that <laughs> you know I came across <laughs> a couple of months ago and even when I saw it I was just so turned off and uh mind you this is the profile of a stand-up comedian um who ends his bio with how about I make you laugh and expect nothing else from you? Disgusting. And if this is not, like, just exactly what I said, you know, that men just want to make jokes and they just want women who laugh at their jokes. The point. Yeah,
1: and so I should then just to add to that as well, like, I think that's also part of Deborah's journey that, like... Yes, yeah. She acknowledges that sh- her... Entire comedy routine is about people laughing at her, um, rather than
2: like she uses herself as as the butt of the joke. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or like events from her life as as like yeah the punchline. So yeah,
1: that's what and like yeah like twists like they might not they're not even like real events but they have some you know become the reason why people have found her funny. Because she's at the part of them. Um, And uh, yeah, also realizing
2: that, you know, maybe we can evolve from that. You know, to her defense, and and bear with me, something that I read on on gender, on comedy and gender roles that focused on uh, Joan Rivers and Roseanne Barr and Phyllis Diller, who were all like, you know, heavy hitters um, for their time. Um, A lot of people deemed them feminists, but obviously there were critics that questioned whether their work was really feminist, because a lot of their jokes were self-deprecatory, you know, made fun of themselves and, you know, other women. But, like, to their credit, I think they realized that at the time, if they had to get people, especially men, in on the joke, they would have to laugh at them first, Right. I'm sure like now it's considered derogatory. um, But I think at the time, like what other options did they have? You know, so I think it was actually quite a smart and subversive tool, like self deprecation as a tool to survive in that business. And the thing about self deprecation, which I think Is very um common amongst like our generation, us millennials. Um, and the reason why most of us use that as a coping uh, as a defense mechanism is you know, before someone else makes fun of you, you do that yourself. Right. So I think there's like an element of you know taking back the power in in a situation like that. But also what I realized about that is I can make a joke about um what I experience or face as a woman right because that is my reality and my experience and I'd rather that than someone else make a joke at my expense and so for example if Joan Rivers and she you know she did have many jokes about her being obsessed with plastic surgery and vanity um she can do that because that was her experience but also what she's doing I think in that situation is um poking a finger at society that's like perpetuating that culture of, you know, unrealistic beauty standards and that women can't age gracefully. So it was very powerful and, and subversive. And I think Deborah used the tools that she had and she was successful. And, and now we're at a time and age where we can move beyond that, like you said, Bates. And Ava's uh, was there to help her do exactly that.
0: Women elevating women.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just so nice to see this kind of journey in someone in yeah. a woman on a
2: show yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so now that we've um, discussed the show there is one thing that uh, we're yet to discuss and that's the title because I know <laughs> Krishna has some feelings about I that. have some feelings <laughs> and a half <laughs> Do tell.
0: (laughs) I just did not like this name at all. It just doesn't sound like an inviting show. I did Mm -hmm. not want to watch it. I'll be honest, when Resh told me about it, I did not watch watch it for two weeks because I was just not sold on the name at all. Like, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but we all do it. Let's be real. We all do it. (laughs) Um. But yeah, I mean, I know it makes sense, you know, after you watch the show, but uh, three on ten for me. <laughs> ha <Hasha. my> <laughs> Okay, what do you think?
1: Um, I think so I see where you're coming from. like I think that the word hacks is a very it's not a pleasant word yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) right but I think conceptually it's so cool because you know it like spins it on its head it like you know reappropriates reclaims that word because you know the the no one is a hack and the protagonists on the show are anything but hacks right so in that sense I do think it's really cool
2: yeah, and another show that does this, and I think I've mentioned this to you guys, is the HBO show called Betty. Um, it's the show that follows a group of sk- like female skateboarders in New York, um, and it's based off of the movie called Skate Kitchen. So both these terms, Betty mm-hmm. and Skate Kitchen, um, were technically, like, they were like meant to be derogatory. So Betty mm-hmm. was just another way to say a groupie. And Skate Kitchen originated from like boys telling the girls to just like go back to the kitchen. So mm-hmm. what they did is they, you know, re- they reclaimed both those titles mm-hmm. and took the power back. So I think that's similar to Hacks. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, going back to Hacks, I mean, it, you know, it does have a very specific usage in comedy, right? So we call a comedian a hack if he like he or she panders to like the most basic taste of, of an audience. But I wanted to... Like, I want to understand its definition. Like, I want to know what was its proper definition. So when I looked it up, it actually originates from the word hackneyed. Mm. Right. Which means overused, unoriginal, or trite. So, therefore, hack. (laughs)
1: Mm.
2: So, ladies um uh buying the title what do we think of the show do we think it's under over or correctly rated
0: <laughs> i think uh i think it's underrated because i haven't heard, heard a lot of people talk about it and it's been out for a couple of months now right. so i think among audiences it's definitely underrated
1: yeah. Yeah. i i agree i think um I want to be discussing it more with my friends across yeah. the world and I haven't been able to do that Um, and I think it is a show that deserves to be praised yeah. more and
2: yeah so
1: in that sense underrated.
2: I will say, though, that the critics have received it very well. Like, it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But, I mean, what does that mean anymore? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, in general. Critics have spoken very highly of the and of Gene Smart. So, in that sense, I do think it's correctly rated. Yeah. It just needs to reach, yeah, the audience. Like, people need to start talking about it now. Yeah. Um, It is exciting, though, that they've been greenlit for a second
0: season. Yes! So excited. Something to look forward to.
2: Absolutely. Well, ladies, I think um we covered everything that we wanted to share about hacks. It's been wonderful discussing this with you guys as always. (laughs) Y'all can chime in. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's just me then. I guess I'm the only one who had fun,
0: but okay.
1: No, it was an absolute pleasure to uh Take our WhatsApp discussion to a different medium. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was really fun for us, and I'm really excited to do more of these and yeah, talk about all fun. the shows. Today. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's a wrap, kids. Um, this was our first episode. First of many, be warned. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us for listening to
2: our pearls of wisdom. I'm <laughs> Vedika. I'm Krishna. <laughs> And I'm Reshma. Um, The show is produced by us and the editing is done by myself. Can you tell that we're not professionals? Um, But the music that you hear at the beginning and the end is by an actual professional and my friend, the wonderfully talented and sexy Adit. Thank you, Adit. Go, Adit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This has been a little passion project for the three of us. So we're really excited that we're officially a real thing. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you're listening to us right now. You can also follow us on Instagram at correctly rated. DM us and let us know what you thought of the show and what you think we should review next. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everyone. We want more Instagram followers, basically. <laughs> 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 oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bye. bye bye bye. no wait wait. let's just do one bye together okay bye.
2: should three. we do a bye together I think that was lovely what just happened oh <laughs> <Did> it- <laughs> you want to go one two three bye huh? <laughs> yeah I
0: thought uh, <laughs> I- <laughs> chorus bye okay. one two three bye 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 <laughs> bye <laughs> oh.